0: Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, welcome to City Church Online. I'm really glad that you are with us today because today is a very, very special day. It is Pentecost Sunday. You say, what in the world is Pentecost Sunday? Well, you're in the right place at the right time, because you're going to find out today. Today is a celebration uh, that is unparalleled. There, There uh, uh, is no other celebration like it, and you're going to discover what it is that we're celebrating uh, today. I just want to say, though, that when we mention Pentecost, oftentimes people think of uh, weird and strange behavior. They think of the word Pentecostal, which is not in the Bible, but it's uh, kind of something that's used to describe people that... Uh, operate or move in the uh, what's called the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I, and I want to say this despite uh, everything else the Holy Spirit is not weird people are weird God's not weird God is God and uh, he's incredible and he can do incredible things sometimes that you know blow our minds uh, but God is not not weird so I want to I want to go to where we get the word Pentecost from it's mentioned twice in the New Testament And uh, Pentecost just simply means 50 or 50 days. It's a feast or a celebration that was celebrated 50 days after Easter, that's today. So if you count back from today, the 31st of May, if you count backwards, you'll hit Easter Sunday. And so that's where Pentecost is. Every year, wherever Easter is, 50 days after that Sunday or four weeks plus a day, you'll find uh, the day of Pentecost. Now in Acts chapter two, Uh, This is the day that the church was born. Now, you might be thinking, church, is that the building? Is that uh, the denomination that I'm in or whatever? Uh, No, the church is actually all those people collectively uh, that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, that's why we're called Christians, Christians, or Christ followers. Uh, And and on this day, the church was born. And so Happy Pentecost. And I want to just say that... uh, um, for all of you that are listening, I, I hope that you can track with this. I'm trying to get it in a, in a way that you can understand it. There's no point in me preaching way over your head. Uh, so those that do that do get it, uh, I know that you're going to get something more out of today's message. Uh, I've entitled today's message Homecoming King, Homecoming King. Uh, when I was growing up in, in high school, we used to have what we called a Homecoming King, and it was usually uh, the top jock or athlete, uh, captain of the football team. And, uh, you know, he, he met up with the homecoming queen, which is usually the most popular pretty girl in the high school. And, uh, and they would have a special day where our football team was at home and uh, all, everybody would come out for that. And that was called homecoming. And Pentecost is when the king comes home. And I want to read in um, Acts chapter 2 where we get the word Pentecost from. When the day of Pentecost came, it says, so there was a specific day. They were in Jerusalem. Uh, They had to make a pilgrimage. Uh, I encourage you to go back and get last week's message, which is called the missing meaning of Pentecost. And this is all part of the series called Reclaiming Lost Pentecost. Uh, But when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. All these Jews from all over the world came together to Jerusalem. They made a pilgrimage for this celebration called Pentecost. And suddenly it says, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So these people have been waiting there for approximately 10 days. Jesus appeared to them uh, over 40 days after his resurrection, and uh, he uh, told them a whole lot of things about the kingdom. And, and in particular, he told them about this promised Holy Spirit who is going to come. So he said, just wait in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Wait for this. What I've promised you is amazing. I'm going to send you uh, another comforter, he says, or advocate uh, of the same kind as me. The word in the Greek language is paraclete. It's, it's one that sticks closer than a brother. I'm going to send him to you. And so, this is the fulfillment of what Jesus promised here. And so, in verse 3, it says, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, the tongues here are simply languages, and uh, we'll find out it's even in their very dialect. And all of them were filled and began to speak. In other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Then, in verse seven, they go on and uh, they say, "Are these guys all Galileans?" And it lists kind of some of the places where uh, these people had gathered from that that heard their own language being spoken, and, uh, and what was being spoken was the wonderful works of God. What they were talking about in all their languages is how good God is. It really is something that we should be talking about today, not how bad God is or how, uh, you know, God gets pinned with everything bad whenever something bad happens. There's, there's one side that wants to blame God for it, and uh, I can only say this. God is good all the time. Somebody said all the time. God is good. In verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked themselves, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. I've been in some pretty crazy church meetings over my time of following Jesus. Uh, I started off in a very conservative church, and uh, there wasn't anything that went on that was what we would call abnormal. It was, you know, you come in, you sing this kind of a set of songs out of a hymnal. Uh, there's a very staid and steady message, not a lot of hand-waving like, uh, like me, uh, you know, pretty well cling to the pulpit, read the notes, pastor, uh, sing those songs, c- kind of a set of, of prayers, a liturgy, if you will, uh, that was that was spoken out. There was a lot of handshaking of, and diplomatic and politeness and all of that. However, uh, when I heard about something called Pentecost and Pentecostal, I decided to check that out. I was not in a very good place with God at the time. In fact, uh, I was away from God. Uh, and one of the reasons was, quite frankly, I was bored. I got bored with church, uh, a lot like sitting down and just eating a boring meal all the time. Today's Pentecost, and uh, I say this in a fun way because most people aren't celebrate, aren't celebrating at all, uh, but if I was going to celebrate with you and eat a special meal, I would say bring out the hot chilies. If I was in Mexico, I'd say, I want a hot burrito, thank you, with some hot chili, and you can put as many peppers in there, I like it hot. Uh, If I was in India, eating uh, with Indians, I'd say, get me a hot Vindaloo, thank you. Today's Pentecost and uh, I want it hot. If I was in uh, America, I'd probably say, get me a nice hot chili pepper laced pizza or something like that. But uh, you know, Pentecost is where things get hot. In the meeting that I went to, which was Pentecostal, I saw things, heard things that I'd never heard or seen before. And it seemed like Pentecost was all about manifestations. That is not what Pentecost is about at all. In fact, uh, so many people focus on manifestations and how weird people can be. Like I said, people are weird, God's not. Uh, Their focus is on the wrong thing. In fact, the meaning of Pentecost seems to be weirdness. It's not weird, God's not out to freak anybody out. And what we're going to see this morning is anything but that. However, this particular service that they had in that upper room with about 120 of them waiting on God and the promise that God had, I I couldn't think of a more wild meeting than what they had. A sound filled the room, not wind, but the sound of a mighty wind filled that room where they were sitting. It would have been deafening. I've been in some mighty winds before, you know, been, I haven't been, uh you know, I've lived in Tornado Alley once in Oklahoma and uh, for a couple of years, never saw a tornado. But, you know, I've heard people say it sounded like a freight train going overhead. Uh, I've never been in a hurricane or really a cyclone of much, but I know I've, I've, I've heard some pretty loud winds and perhaps you have, too. And it can be deafening. It can be absolutely just go straight through you. This is all happening in this room uh, in uh, Jerusalem there where these people are gathered. Then these tongues, flickering flames, like of of divided tongues, the old King James Bible says cloven tongues of fire. Uh, They see this and all of a sudden, one of these flames rests on each one of them looking at this manifestation of light, or this is the only way that Luke, the writer of Acts could describe it. It was like these flames of fire just came and rested upon each person. The this, this sound of a, of a mighty blowing wind is going on and it's the whole room. And now all of a sudden, these people that are there have this ability that they don't possess in the natural. It's supernatural, it's where super imposes itself and comes on the natural. And all of a sudden now they can talk in all of these languages of all these people, probably upwards of 100,000 of them that have gathered in in, in Jerusalem, and they go out, it spills out into the street, this crowd gathers, they think, what is this that's going on? That, my friends, is a very wild meeting. I've never been in one quite like that. Have you ever uh, gone away from home or have you ever had somebody that you really love has been away. Maybe a child of yours has moved away or you've moved away. and You come back to your hometown or perhaps a a son or a daughter or uh, perhaps a brother, sister comes back to your house. They've been away for a long time. And the anticipation of that starts to build up as the day approaches when they're arriving. And uh, perhaps you're going to go pick them up at the airport. They've got a flight. You haven't seen them for a long time. And and you're really excited about it. And the whole time, you know, counting down the days they're going to be here in two days' time. Get the house clean. Get uh, everything planned. We just want to spend as much time hanging out together as we possibly can. You go. You pick them up uh, Hugs and kisses and lots of catching up on the, uh, on the car ride back from the airport. And it's just so exciting. And you get to hang out with your best friend. And over time, you start to notice that the days are starting to become less that they're going to be there. You start to count down almost with the dread that, oh, no, they're going now. They're leaving. And, and just that empty feeling when you go to drop them off at the airport or, or wherever and you say goodbye, that that, that feeling of, ah, It's almost like, ah, you know, it it outweighs that feeling of of anticipation uh, when they're arriving. When God went away, and I say that uh, in in a way, and I want to explain that, When, when Jesus went away, he ascended, and they watched him go up. He had been their best friend. There was nobody like him. He had worked miracles. Dead were raised. Uh, uh, widows uh, had their son come back to life. Uh, People with with, uh, leprosy just eating their body up were instantly healed. People that were deranged got their sanity back. There were so many miracles going on over three and a half years. They're hanging out with God incarnate, God in the flesh, the son of God. Could not get any better than that. And then he sits them down. He says, I'm going away but don't worry, it's gonna be better for you if I go. And uh, so they're kind of not knowing really what he's talking about, but when he leaves, I can imagine that sinking feeling that they would have gotten, but he says this, he says, if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. The one that is of the same spirit of me, another of exactly the same kind, he is going to come when I go away, and he is going to do something that I have not been able to do. Wow, this is amazing. This is Pentecost. Now I wanna go uh, uh, over to, I wanna show you what Pentecost is really about. Uh, It's John chapter 16, verse seven. But I tell you the truth, this is Jesus talking. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the advocate, advocate is somebody that sticks up for you in the face of, of accusations and uh, persecution and and all uh, uh, things coming against you. It's an advocate or a comforter is another word. Uh, the advocate will not come if I don't go. He's not going to come to you. But if I go, I will send him. So a lot of people, they are uh, especially Christian people, church people. Uh, They they are consumed with this question, when is Jesus coming back? I hear that so much. And their focus is on Jesus coming back. Jesus went away. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says. Uh, And they're so focused on him coming back, a lot like these people probably were, thinking it can't get any better than that. But then that focus on Jesus coming back, the, the question, when is he going to return, outweighs what's right in front of them that God did return. He returned on the day of Pentecost in a way, like I said before, that Jesus could not. And that is that Jesus was in one place at one time. He could only be with uh, as many people as were around him. That's how many people had God in their world. This Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost comes now, and he's able to do something Jesus could not do through, through his spirit, he comes inside of everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord. Now have a look at uh, this passage of scripture in John chapter 14. This is what the true meaning of Pentecost is. It's not about power, it's not about manifestations, it's not about cloven tongues or the sound of a wind, it's about this, Jesus again speaking in John 14, 16 and 17, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, another of the same kind, another another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you. Now, they are right there with Jesus. He is with them. That's, that's what... Uh, Emmanuel means, that's why we celebrate Christmas, means God with us. He, he was with you and will be in you. This is the game changer right here. This is the difference between Christmas, God with us, and Pentecost, God in us. This is what Jesus could not do, and that is step inside every single human being on the face of the planet that calls upon the name of the Lord to be a personal comforter, advocate, uh, uh person that, that helps in time of need. This incredible person that God is called the Holy Spirit has the ability to not just to be with us, but to be in us. That's why, uh, you know, it's good. Look. Look for Jesus coming back. That's exciting, but realize that the same spirit as Jesus, the same God as God the Father and, and God the Son, that same God has the ability, he's here now, to not just be with you, but to be in you. Pentecost is about a person. Pentecost is about intimacy between you and your creator. Pentecost is, is knowing that any time, Anywhere, no matter how difficult the situation, no matter how good the situation, you have almighty God available on the inside of you. That is what Pentecost is all about. Now, what if Pentecost never happened? That's a great question. And I want to answer that by saying, what if Christmas never happened or what is represented by Christmas never happened? What if the Son of God never came into our world? We would not have had God with us. That would have been bad. Uh, what would be the outcome uh, as far as Christianity goes? Well, there wouldn't be any because Christ is the big word in Christianity. No, no Christ in the world, no Christ followers, no, no Jesus born in Bethlehem's major, no God with us. Uh, but then he died. He died on a cross, uh, a horrific death. We celebrate that by a Good Friday what if Good Friday never happened? What if he never took our sins on the cross? Where would we be? We would be holding on to that, and uh, he would not have paid the price, and uh, that would be tragic. It would mean that everything that we worship and uh, everything that, uh, that we're thankful for, that he took for us, took all of our sins, all of our iniquities, everything on the cross, uh, that would not have happened. That would have been catastrophic. It would have been a game changer as far as Christianity goes. Well, where would we be? We would be trying to work it out ourselves. Three days later, he rose from the dead. What if that never happened? What if what we celebrate for Easter never happened? Where would we be? Paul says you'd be dead because uh, if there's no, uh, r- nobody raised from the dead, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then you're not raised from the dead, so which means you're dead. And where would we be? We would be following religion. We would be trying to good our way to God, God. Uh, If he went there and he paid our price on the cross, but he didn't raise from the dead, he stayed dead, and he went into the tomb and never came out of the tomb, where would we be? We would be in serious trouble. But then 50 days later, gotta ask the same question. If Pentecost never happened, and some people treat it like it never did happen, and this is why we've got uh, today's message. This is extremely as important as what we celebrate Christmas and, how we, and what we celebrate as Good Friday and what we celebrate as Easter, him raising from the dead. Pentecost is not some little optional thing out there because on the day of Pentecost, Jesus sent forth his spirit to be with all of us. Now, now uh, the writer of, of, uh, of the book of Acts talks about this and, uh, and really nails it. So let's just have a look at what he says in Acts chapter 2 again, in verse 14. It says, then Peter stood up with the 11. He raised his voice. I love this because Peter is a changed man. You're gonna see the difference that Pentecost made in Peter's life. He, he walked with Jesus. Now, Jesus is not there, but the spirit uh, of Christ is there. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. I want to say this wherever you are, whoever you are listening to this message right now. Let me explain this to you. Why Pentecost is important. Let me explain this to you. And he says, uh, listen carefully, listen carefully. Siri just interrupted me. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now this is all in Joel uh, chapter two and I encourage you, go away and read Joel chapter two uh, in light of all of this when you have time and you'll get like massive revelation out of it. Uh, But this is what Joel says. Joel was a prophet. He says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young, that just simply means they're going to speak out uh, as if God were speaking through them. Your your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood, fire, billows of smoke, and the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. In verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What he is talking about here is the wide Pentecost. Before this day, the Spirit of God did come into the earth. He came in, and, and of course, with Jesus walking around, he was filled with the Spirit. Uh, Three different types of people were filled with the Spirit before the day of Pentecost. The Spirit would come on to the prophet, the priest, and the king, and he would lift off. When the Spirit of God came on the prophet, like Elijah and Joel here, uh, they could speak out the oracles of God as, as as if God was speaking through them. When the king had the Spirit of God on him, David had that. He had wisdom way beyond his years. He had the mind of Christ. He had the wisdom of God in him. When the, uh, uh, the priest had the Spirit of God, he could perform his priestly duties and make atonement and sacrifices for the sins of the people. But the Spirit of God would come on these people and, and then lift off these people. On the day of Pentecost, it wasn't just three kinds of people, uh, prophet, priest, and king. It was young men, old men, young women, old women. It was on servants, doesn't matter what class that you were born into, rich or poor, uh, Everybody gets God now. Nobody has to go through anybody else to get to God. God got to every single person. That that means this. God is available to you right now. Think for a moment about your situation, whatever it is that you are facing. You have got God facing that with you, if you call upon the name of the Lord, everybody, it says, who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You say, saved from what? Saved from anything that's attacking you, opposing you, where you need an advocate, Holy Spirit, where you need a helper, Holy Spirit, where you need a comforter, Holy Spirit. Everything coming against you, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, there are, Three words that I hardly ever hear. I haven't heard them, in fact, in a long time. And the reason that I haven't heard these particular words is because of an invention that became, uh, probably was really not very popular, hardly existed 20, 30 years ago, but of recent, pretty well, everybody has one, and I'm talking about, uh, a cell phone if you're in America, or a mobile phone if you live over here in Australia. And these three words that I hardly ever hear are, uh, it's for you. Way back in the day, <laughs> the phone would ring, and I mean the phone in the house, you know, the one that was hooked up to, with a cord plugged into the wall, had like a squiggly line on it, and uh you know, maybe, maybe you didn't even have one of those. You had to go down to the telephone booth, wait in line. If somebody was long-winded on that telephone, well, you just had to wait. If it was raining, you know, bad luck to you. Uh, but uh, at home, if you had a teenager, man, the phone would ring, and pretty well, you were just the answer in service. And you found yourself saying these three words pretty well a lot, all the time, in fact, if you had a teenager it's for you, and you'd hand them them over the phone. Now we don't do that. Hardly ever do I say it's for you. My wife's got her own mobile phone. I've got my own mobile phone. Perhaps you've got your own mobile phone. I've got my own way to call whoever I want on whoever I want, when I want, and, and, and probably so do you. It's a game changer. This is like that. This is a game changer. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not just a select few people, but everybody now has total and complete access to God because of Pentecost. How amazing is that? God himself is in the world, and now he's not just in his son bodily, he's in you bodily, which means now you are the body of Christ, All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that brings tremendous responsibility. I, I, I look at Pentecost and I think, that's amazing. I am so thankful, God. I love the, the goosebumps. I love the, the feelings that I get when I commune with God, when, when I talk to God and the wisdom that he gives me personally and the comfort that he gives me personally when I call upon him whenever there's trouble but the intimacy that God wants isn't just call on me when you, when you have some trouble. It's uh, why don't we hang out like all the time when times are good? Why don't we start to look at other people as well? Because Pentecost, like I said, is about a person. It's about a, the person of God and his relationship with you, which is now possible because of what happened when he poured out poured out his spirit upon all flesh. That's amazing. So this comforter, and that's what he's called, the Comforter. Um, he's amazing, but what happens with comfort is this: in uh, in Romans chapter ten, I'm just going to read. It's the last uh, passage I want to read because it says the same words as what uh, what uh, Acts chapter uh, uh, two says in verse thirteen. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, this is Romans now. Everyone who call, everyone male. Female, young, old, rich, poor. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Same thing that uh, is said in the book of Acts. How then shall they call on on the one they have not believed in? Stop for a moment. This is a big step right now. If you want to appropriate Pentecost, you've got to exercise something called faith because they don't see him, they don't believe. I ha, I can't, you can't see the Holy Spirit, he's spirit. You can't see the wind, it doesn't make it any less real. He is real, and if you call on him, then you shall be saved. But how shall they call on the one that they that have not believed? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? Hello? That's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, so that you have a chance to believe and to participate and to uh, accept this person that I'm talking to you about that came into our planet on the day of Pentecost. How then shall they hear without somebody preaching to them? Verse 15, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news I'm going to close with this thought but Pentecost is when your comforter kills your comfort whatever's causing your comfort right now is probably killing you you know that easy chair that you settle into every evening instead of going for a walk and hanging out with God do you know that, that the, the little white lies that you hear people as you get into conversations that you know you shouldn't be engaged with, but it's so comfortable hanging out with these people. It's so comfortable talking nonsense instead of talking a higher language, which is the language that God would give you another tongue uh, uh, that just proclaims good things and the goodness of God and, and faith. It's so comfortable watching that show on Netflix instead of studying or reading the Word. Whatever it is that's, that's comfortable to you right now is probably killing you. This comforter did not come so that you could become complacent. Those comfortable conversations, the, the kindred spirits dis- discussing uh, you know, things that you shouldn't be discussing is killing your creativity. There's a difference between being comforted and being comfort- comfortable. I will send you, he said, another comforter. Not to make you comfortable in whatever it is that's taking you away from God, but to bring you closer. The comforter is the creator, and he wants to create in you a new, clean spirit. He wants to create in you something new, a clean heart. He wants to give you not just comfort so you can just live a comfortable life. He's going to stir you up. That's why when we're talking Pentecost and You can throw out that word Pentecostal as well. This is gonna challenge you. It's going to mean that now, because you got God on the inside, you're responsible to do something that only God on the inside people can do. That means you're not limited and that's why we don't have boring church around here. We're not, I'm not interested. That's why I went away from God. I came back to God when I saw the church doesn't have to be boring because there's some action. Something's going on here. In those meetings, something was going on. It wasn't a guy standing there reading his notes, singing some hymns, going through, you know, autopilot church or cruise control. This was hot and spicy. Like I said, if we're doing uh, Pentecost meals we 're going to have some chili peppers in that thing if it 's uncomfortable here it 's growing you for there you 're comfortable you're uncomfortable faithfulness will turn into uncommon faithfulness. Pentecost will turn your comfortable complacency into uncomfortable commitment. When it says here in the book of Romans again, how shall they hear unless it's preached? How are they going to go unless unless somebody goes? Nobody's going to know. We have a responsibility. Now I'm talking to church people right now, and specifically the church that I pastor, City Church right now. This is the day of Pentecost. You can tell the pastor's excited. What is it about? It means we got to get up off of our comfort chair and let the comforter, creator, God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us who we call upon, let him move us because after all, the, the, the Feast of Pentecost and what we celebrate was called the Feast of Wheat or W E A. H e a t. It's it's to celebrate the gathering of the wheat harvest coming in the first of that harvest. This is what they were in in Jerusalem for, and it's our job to go out and proclaim the good news. If you're listening and you don't know uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord, the reason that you're getting an opportunity, and I encourage you to take take it up uh, this morning on the day of Pentecost, or if you're listening later, wherever you're listening. I really encourage you because God wants to gather you to himself. He wants to uh, give you a chance to uh, have him on your side, to be with him in fellowship and intimacy, facing situations not by yourself, and receive power from heaven to do what you cannot do. How sweet is that? You aim your Pentecost at, at the problems on this earth. You aim your Pentecost at people that need forgiveness, that need to have Uh, some mercy that need to have some peace in their life. You take and you aim your Pentecost at other people because God loves people and he wants to bring his people home. The homecoming king, he has come home. The king is here right now. The king is in the earth. The king wants to be in you and he wants you to be part of his body to go out and do something in this world to solve this world's problems. He wants to activate you. How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. Well, I want to encourage you, today is Pentecost, let's make a difference, let's not go out and be weird, but let's just go out and be the people of God with power. Not weirdness, but very, very powerful in uh, loving people. Well, I want to pray for you, I want to give you firstly the chance to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, And, and then secondly, I'm going to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. When something is full, it comes out. If I could put more water in a cup, the cup's not full. As long as I could put more in, it's not full. It's full when it's overpouring, when it's pouring out, when it uh, overflows. That's when, it's, that's when it's full. And when you are full, something's coming out of your mouth. You're speaking good things. You're singing about God. You're talking about God. You're praying for other people. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit after you accept Jesus into your heart. If you've done that already, why not take this opportunity? It's Pentecost Sunday. Why not celebrate it uh, by by giving God His biggest uh, answering God's prayer, and that is for you to be filled and for you to let Him in and have that intimacy with Him. So I'm going to pray. This is not a formula. Uh, I just want you to pray after me. Real simple prayer. And uh, if you'd just like to get in a posture where uh, you mean business with God and and mean this prayer in your heart, like I said, it's not a formula uh, that counts. It's just uh, a heartfelt decision that you're going to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. So pray this after me. Say this, dear God, I ask you to come into my life. Jesus, I accept you. As my Savior, I give you my life, amen. Now, if you've done that, God has come into your heart. You will notice a big difference. And now God wants to fill you with his spirit every day of your life. So like I said, that out of you can flow uh, incredible answers and incredible words of wisdom and things that other people need, including yourself, but not the comforter to make you comfortable, but to go out and change this world. So I'm going to pray for you right now, uh, like every week I do this, and I'm aware that you know with this pandemic, there's situations uh, all around us that are dire in dire straits, and you might be uh, a person that's facing that. I was on the uh, on a Skype chat with uh, one of my friends that, that uh, pastors a huge movement in Indonesia and praying for people that have really been hit all over Indonesia with this COVID-19. They weren't living in luxury anyway before the virus hit, and uh, some of them are just facing incredible odds just to stay alive uh, with uh, their families to feed and everything else, and and being persecuted somewhat as well for their faith. Uh, I know that you need a miracle, and I know that the miracle comes by calling upon The name of the Lord and being filled with His Spirit. Only He can do that. So let's just pray together right now. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you for every person that is watching or listening uh, to this service right now and to this message. I thank you that what you did on the day of Pentecost, the manifestations probably aren't going to happen that way, but the result is going to be there. And I thank you right now. Fill every person here that's open. Wherever you're sitting right now, just be aware of God's presence and be open and, and speak out whatever it is that God wants you to speak out, when he wants you to speak it out. Start to, to have a prayer life with him. Humble yourself and just start to talk with him like, like you would a friend, because he wants to be your best friend, seriously. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought. He knows, he knows all your faults. He knows all your shortcomings but he is an advocate. He's for you, not against you. He loves you unconditionally. He'll take you through whatever it is that you're facing. So right now, Father, I thank you that that your spirit would be there with every single person, that they don't have to chase you around. They've asked you into their heart. Now, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Let your spirit do what only your spirit can do. Spirit of grace and spirit of power, spirit of truth, spirit, our advocate, Holy Spirit, fill your people now in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to walk out of uh, whatever situation you're in differently. I pray right now you're going to have an incredible faith come upon you. You are no you are going to know what to do in situations. You are no longer going to be intimidated by people and things and circumstances. You are going to face your world right now and everything you were facing before. You are going to face it with faith and power in the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you. Uh, next week, we're going to pick up... Uh, uh, something different, but I promise you it's going to be good. And uh, so I encourage you, please share these messages, uh, go on our YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, also, you'll, you'll see our, our, uh, our uh, website will come up. Please let me know. Uh, get our app, get our podcast, get everything that we have. Help us help you by making contact with us. I'd love to know if you ask Jesus into your heart, so please send me an email. And uh, God bless you, and I can't wait. To hear some of the testimonies that come back as you go out into the world with God on your side. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city church.net or email us your feedback at infocity at church.net.